Welcome to a Lunch with Biggie, a podcast about small business and creatives sharing their stories and inspiring you. My guest today is baking up that good, good, slinging small batch cookies from scratch with a whole lot of love and a little bit of Jersey sass. Um, they also have a little speakeasy cookie spot. If you know, you know. Please welcome the owner of Fat Ash Bakes, at least half of the owners, Izzy Irazo. What's going on, Izzy? Hey, my man. How you doing? It's good to be here. Doing, man. Doing well. Thanks for coming and having lunch with me today. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate oh. you inviting me. Oh, man, for sure. What? Uh, okay, so right off the bat, thing, uh, what's your go-to sandwich lunch? Oh, man. All right. So my go-to sandwich, I'd say a Taylor ham, egg, and cheese on an everything bagel. For lunch? Even for lunch? Oh, I'll have it any day of the week, any time of the day. Uh, in fact, my wife, you know, when she goes away uh, on vacations or has something to do, she knows not to prepare any food for me because all I do is eat cereal and have Taylor ham, egg, and cheeses at home. So <laughs> I love this, by the way. Uh, and that actually answers one of the questions I had, because I was going to say, like, since you're from Jersey, just like I am, do you call a pork roll Taylor ham? But we obviously know that. And then one of the things that I think you and I have talked about initially is you pretty much know where you are from Jersey based on how you call it, because I'm from North Jersey as well, and we call it Taylor ham. Anyone from like South, Central Jersey is kind of like the like the equator, and then the South Jersey part, everyone calls it, you know, they call it, they just call it pork roll. Well, so I'm from Essex County, so okay. uh, born in, in Newark, and uh, I've lived just about everywhere in Essex County. So anything South of Montclair is Philadelphia. Yep. So anything that happens down there or the shore, right? So, yep. uh, you know, shore is kind of its own animal, but anything south of us is uh, Philadelphia. And we really don't care what they, they yeah. call that, Taylor yeah, Ham. That's pork roll country for them. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. No disrespect, but you no, know what I'm No, saying. no, I get it, dude. And I love the fact, so I, just out of curiosity, have you had this, I, I think I've asked this before, but have you had the one at Stasio's, the, the, the Taylor Ham breakfast sandwich at Stasio's? Oh, I have. Okay. And it's awesome. Yeah. I pretty much walk in there on a Friday, and as soon as I walk in, they're just like, Biggie Taylor Ham. <laughs> and I, was like, I was like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's what I want. So I totally get it. All right. So tell people a little bit about Fat Ash Bakes, how it started, mm. um, and give people a little bit of a story, uh, you know, kind of explain a little bit what, what exactly that is. Listen, before we get into that story, I got, yeah. I, I got a shout out Stasios yeah. because my, uh, my in-laws are first-generation I should say my wife is first-generation American-Italian, and okay. they're straight from Italy. And when they came down to Orlando, they asked us, all right, well, you know, it's too bad they don't have a deli around here. I said, oh, well, we've got one. It's called Stasio's, and we, every time they come, we go and eat there at least twice uh you know, twice for that week that they yeah. come down. So it is something special. Oh, yeah. And it's, and it's awesome. He actually ended up speaking. Their their family is from the same part of Italy that my, my uh, in-laws are from. Too. Really? So, yeah. So it was fantastic. They're authentic as can be, and we love them. Yeah. No, they're uh, they're amazing. I've been following them for quite some time. I uh, need to sit down and chat with them, except they just never stop. So that's kind of the hard part. So why I haven't reached out to say, hey, I need to talk to you guys. Um, okay. So let's go fat ash. Yeah. What, tell me a little bit about how fat ash bakes tell people about it um and then kind of explain just give give me a little rundown of like if someone has never heard of you guys all right sounds good so we uh we're a small batch cookie business um we we hail from new jersey but it was uh fat ash bakes was born here in orlando um in 2020 so our first batch that we actually baked um was in 2019 as a kind of a, a challenge. Um, Ashley, when she moved down here with me, she got a job at Lululemon. Yep. And at Lululemon, they, um, you know, everybody knows them as a high-end athletic brand. But in terms of their philosophy with their employees and their teammates, uh, they really keep you accountable to goal setting. And the goals don't, ha they're not based on sales. They're not their personal goals. How are you going to grow um, you know, personally. So, uh, she wrote down that she would love to do something with cookies. Cause we, uh, we went to a, um, you know, we went on vacation, we came back and she fell in love with a cookie, tried to recreate it, recreated it, put her own spin on it. And the next meeting that she had with them, they said, all right, so what's the next step in your business plan? She's like, uh, uh I don't know. I'm just, you know, I don't, I'll, I'll bake for you guys. And they said, no, 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 no. You have to come up with some kind, we want we want to see a logo, we see a packaging. In fact, you know what? This was in uh, November. They said, 
we're going to order 75 cookies from you, and then we're going to give them out to our guests when they come shopping for the holidays. So you better have all that stuff ready. And so, and that was it. They gave her a check for for the 75 cookies in advance as a bit of, you know, a pressure. And she came home. She was like, oh, my God, the most amazing and scariest, terrifying thing has ever happened. She told us, she told me about it. And I said, all right, well, let's get going. I told you, you have something here. And, um, you know, when, when a husband, a loved one, or somebody that you trust tells you that you're good, you don't ever believe it, right? right. So that bit of outside credibility was really what... Um, what really kind of uh, spawned this this uh, this entire business. So at the time I was in real estate, I took two days off of my job. She was in Lululemon. She took two uh, days off of her job to cook or bake yeah. 75 cookies, um, which is funny now because we can do 125 cookies in six minutes. You know what I mean? So we took two full days off to do that, and uh, it was fantastic. So I, I went after it. Um, the branding, the uh, the aesthetic, the packaging, all that stuff was kind of this big mind melt, and I know how to kind of put those things together. So uh, we came up with the bags. He's like really cool. If you haven't seen them, um, they are weed bags. <laughs> so they're <laughs> that's what they look like. Um, so yeah, so we we came up with the bags. Uh, we came up with a logo. I drew up a logo. She approved it. I sent it off to my buddy who's. Um, uh, a graphic designer. Her name is uh, Brianna Jarvis. If uh, if you haven't looked her up yet, you gotta look her up. She's incredible. So she came. She she stylized and vectorized and did all that cool yeah. stuff on the logo. We printed some stuff up on Vistaprint and uh, we got rolling. And that was our first realization that wow, this is pretty cool. Yeah. We can do something with this. And then COVID happened, and we were like, holy smokes. Uh, that's gonna. This is this is different. Yeah. No. And that and that's kind of one of was one of the big ones, that um, obviously makes you have to then pivot and figure out ways to kind of go. Um, I was kind of curious because I know, I know in your story and my research that um, one of the people at Lululemon's kind of like uh, I guess Maddie was her name I, yeah, I believe. Yeah, Maddie. I, and I kind of wanted to talk about people that take away hurdles because I felt like she, from mm. what I read and from what I've seen and. And stuff like that based on my research like she was the one that kind of helped with the name like you should come up with this thing name and then she was like yeah this sounds fat ass sounds great and then it just kind of steamrolled so it's like i wanted to talk a little bit about because you're right sometimes as um spouses you uh you're or even my own like my own significant my spouse my wife tells me like hey this is great you don't really believe it so can we talk let's talk a little bit about those people that kind of help take hurdles away like a lululemon and your her co-workers and stuff like that Let's talk a little bit about that, like how that actually helps and pushes you when you have someone like that. Absolutely. So I guess um, to con contextualize it all, um, if we're looking at uh, if we're looking at Ashley, she's kind of the um, she's kind of the engine, the, the the train, you know. So she has the cookie ideas, she has the the flavors, yeah. she has uh, the talent. This mm -hmm. is this is her world. So. She's super comfortable in that world. Uh, on my end, I am more of the business minded. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm pressing, I'm pressing the gas. You know, I'm trying to switch gears. I'm trying to lay down the track for that train, right? Um, so she wanted to walk before she sprinted, and I want to sprint all the time. So in that regard, the obstacles were from um, from her. I want to stay small batch. I want to only bake for my friends. Um, I only want to do special orders, small weddings, things like that. I'm like, well, we can franchise. We can go, you know, ship nationally. We can ship internationally. Yeah. Let's have. Let's go on Shark Tank. Let's go. You know. So yeah. that um, that conversation to this day is still alive. So one of the things, like you said, was all right. Well, what do we name this? I don't know. I don't know, what, what should we name it? She came home one day and she said, all right, I'm ready to do this. Let's get the stickers. Let's do all the stuff that you've been talking about. Yeah. Um, I was like, cool, what's the name? She said, Fat Ash Bakes. Oh my goodness, I love it. So yeah, so she came back and she, um, you know, one of the things was like the name, right? You know, because yeah. you, you can't have a business without a name. And uh, the whole thing is like, there's um, um, there's kind of like a, an ego thing where, where you, you know, are you going to name it after yourself or not? Yeah. You know, yeah. um, 
if you name it after yourself, can you really sell it off at the end of the day? Like that's a really yeah, it's so, a that's always that's something that when you're thinking larger scale like you do, yeah. that makes total sense. If it's like, well, what do we exactly do we go that route? Like, right. you know, it makes sense. Yeah. So you know, the bakes part was a huge component to it. It's like fat ash cookies no i said absolutely not we can't do cookies and she said i you know i was thinking the same thing we also can't call it cakes because we're not doing cakes and so all right let's do it bakes and we have we we cast the net a little bit further and we Mm -hmm. can you know we can do brownies and in fact uh little known fact she started mostly with brownies oh really and 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 she knows she doesn't like me to say it but i do say it i've got to say as much as people like her cookies her brownies are even better. They okay. are unbelievable. They're so moist. They're so like they're just like juicy and chocolatey. And sometimes she, I mean, she puts. Just imagine the whole fat ash bakes yeah. thing she does with brownies, and it's top notch, man. Unbelievable. That sounds amazing. So yeah, so she came back. Uh, Maddie had named it. She was like, well, she, you should call it Fat Ash Bakes and, you know, or Fat Ash Cakes. And we, we called it, you know, we did that. And I mean, it was just one of those things where it became real. Once yeah. we, once she came back home with that name, it became something that was vital and I can, I could play with that. Um, then we were looking at, uh, you know, what's the style? You know, what, what do we want to represent? We both love the 90s. We both love, you know, the R&B and the hip-hop and the graffiti and the dancing. And um, so we said, all right, well, let's do something that's like neon. And we said, all right, neon's cool and that'd be cool. And then we just went with graffiti graphics with uh, with our Fat Ash Bakes logo. Yeah. And uh, we didn't have cookies behind it at first, but the cookies were integral. So we said, all right, let's yeah. put two cookies back there. And then... Um, that was it. I mean, that that really was when we kind of legitimized the whole like brand, um, and then that that bake sale, that bakes that cookie giveaway that Lululemon really kind of made some big impacts because um, being in Winter Park, I mean, just an affluent community, mm-hmm. um, and owners were coming in. So owners of other small businesses were coming in and they were getting this cookie and they heard that it was a woman owned business. Yeah. They heard that it was uh, Ashley. And, you know, if you've ever met Ashley, you know, I just uh, talked to a friend um, the other day and I, we've been married for six years and I literally just realized and, and can articulate why I fell in love with her and continuously fall in love with her. Yeah. There, she can't fake it. There's no faking it with her. If she doesn't like it, she doesn't like it. If she likes it, she likes it. If she doesn't like you, she doesn't like you. If she likes you, she likes you. And you can tell. Yeah. It's a, and it's not that she's not judgmental. She's not, I mean, she's completely accepting. She's a completely, you know, she's, she's got the biggest heart. But she knows what she, what she likes. And that dedication to who she is yeah. is makes life so much easier for me personally and with her because i you know i know what she likes and what doesn't like i know what to do and what not to do that clarity is wonderful she doesn't play up or down to anybody she is the same person everywhere and um just thinking about it that really kind of translates to all of her her recipes too because you know people come up to her with tons of ideas but if she's not feeling it she's not she's not going to do it yeah um but if she is oh just watch out because she's going to put her heart and soul into it and so that it actually leads me to my next question because like i know you guys have like over like 200 flavors of cookies i know usually there's about eight to 12 available usually stuff like that like how what is like what's what was the process of like how does she keep up with all the recipes flavor ideas like coming up is she like Mm -hmm. Is there like a, a hidden notebook? Is she like doing it? Like, you know, is she like writing it on her phone when she starts thinking of flavor profiles? How's that process kind of go when you guys were doing all your, because the big thing, and, 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 and I also want you to elaborate when you start talking about the flavors is that your cookies aren't just, they're like not, they're just not like, Oh, I got like a chocolate chip. Like the, yeah, they, there's like a chocolate chip, like the OG, but like there's other, like your cookies are loaded with things mm-hmm. um, and different like flavors and different elements mm-hmm. to it. So talk a little bit about that and then as well as like how you guys came up with like the 200 different recipe or flavors um, available. Got it. So when we first started, um, kind of like in that uh, that brainstorming period where it was late 2019, we had two flavors. You know, it was like a uh, 
uh, it was a chocolate chip cookie. Um, uh, three flavors. It, actually, I take that back. It was the OG, which is like um, um, it's like an oatmeal cookie with chocolate chips, macadamia nuts, coconut flakes in there, Malden salt on top, and um, and 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 a cinnamon like undertone. So that was like the first cookie. That's that one hit, um, and that's what everybody wanted. Then we had like a sugar cookie, and that sugar cookie was. Um, it was a tough one to make. But the reason I bring that up is that when we came up with those, I asked her, I was like, well, listen, um, you know, we have to we have to kind of come up with like a strong like five cookies. And she said, well, I'm going to I'm I don't want any like I just I want to come up with what I come up with. And then that's what I'm going to drop. And so when I heard that, I'm like, well, I don't like I, I understand, but we have to have some kind of consistency. And she said, well, variation is going to be our consistency because I don't want to just be locked into making five different cookies for the rest of my life. And um, so what we did is we said, okay, if we're going to do a cookie drop, let's create a cookie kit. And when we first started, it was five flavors. And you can only buy all five of those flavors at one time. So it was like five favorite flavors, 20 bucks, come and pick it up. Um, and then COVID happened, and then we were like, oh, man, well, nobody's picking anything up, so let's figure out how to ship them. Um, by that point, we had done, so that was November, January, February, we had uh, three different drops. So she, at that point, had made 15 flavors. And it was like, okay, we can keep up with this. It was a, it was crazy, um, it was a crazy pressure. Because you had thir- we had actually like about a week to figure out the flavor. And at that time, she was still figuring out how much salt to put inside of it, how much um, baking soda, yeah. you know, the sugar contents that, you know, it's going to be more brown sugar versus, you know, granulated sugar and all of those things. So she was tweaking all that while she was going. And thank God our friends and family were so patient with us. I mean... Whatever we put out there, they were like, all right, cool, let's try it out. And then we realized, wow, people love the new thing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, during COVID, uh, she got laid off, but Lululemon, again, um, kept on paying her for the next four months. We didn't know how long yeah. COVID was going to last. Nobody yeah. did, right? Mm-hmm. So we realized that uh, our our following grew from like zero to 300. And we were like, oh my God. And then after COVID, it grew to 1,000 and then 1,500 and 2,000. And we started, uh, you know, probably in March, April, probably in May, we had like 2,000 people. And we're like, oh my goodness, this is uh, this is becoming something. And at that point, we were only taking orders on our DMs. So people would say, hey, listen, give me two of these, two of that. So you can imagine there's no organization in DMs. And the DMs kind of disappear after a while. So if you're not on it like long, quick enough, it goes. It's not like you can just start searching. That's right. I mean, you got it. So I said, listen, the only way we're going to survive just to help our friends and family out so we don't look like jerks, unorganized jerks, you know what I mean? Um, Let's just, I'll, I'll start a website. So I built a website over the weekend um, and it just allowed us to keep track of everything. So everybody put in their orders and then we just changed everything out and cycled through everything. So um, every month we would come out with five different cookies. So then it became a monthly, kind of like a monthly drop. And then she said, all right, well, this is getting a, you know, the sales are going a little, you know, are flattening out a little bit. I think it's because we're keeping the flavors too long. So then we said, all right, well, if, if we're going to do this, we got to do this, right? So she started dropping eight different flavors every week. Wow. That's that's intense. So during that time, I know one of the things that you guys were doing when you guys were doing the drops. Um, and during that time, I know one of the things, and it made me laugh because it brought me back. Um, because you guys would do drops at like different places, right? And so... One of the things, like I, I heard one of your story, like one of the stories about, like, and I, and I kind of want to hear it because I want to sh- share mine. <laughs> What's what was the weirdest place you did like a pickup um, or a drop off with someone? Because and obviously it's funny because you're selling, you know, you even said it. It looks like a bag of weed and like and all and really what it is, it's just like it's like a sealed bag, um, is what it is. But it's still like I mean, it's a big old cookie inside the thing, and you're probably just handing out handing these things over to someone that's coming to meet you. So tell me a little bit. Of, tell me like one of the weirdest ones that you you guys have had. 
Okay, so um, again, this was uh, during COVID, and we mm-hmm. don't have a retail spot. The first six months, we are in our kitchen. Yep. Uh, our our residential kitchen right (laughs) i like how you said that yeah that's that's a good one right yeah so then we were in there for six months and so we were we were doing that that's uh december january february um it was getting so busy for us that we needed to figure out something other than just bringing them to one location, right? Because we were going to Subu, um, our friends over at Subu CrossFit uh, downtown. So they um, they were like, all right, cool. Well, we can be a, like a pickup spot for you. So we brought like all of our cookies there and people would pick them up. And then um, she would bring them over to Lululemon. People would pick them up at Lululemon. And then people were like, all right, well, or no, we actually, it, the capacity was getting too much. We couldn't fill our car up with all these bags going to these different places you know it's florida it's hot these cookies are melting so we couldn't do that so we said all right well we'll um we'll do designated days for pickups and we would meet your soccer mom your cat you know your accountant and all that in the back parking lot of our um our local target and starbucks so we would go out there Oh, Ashley would go out there, which is crazy to me. I mean, she's a fierce woman. Fucking love her. Uh, <laughs> so she, so we would designate Mondays were our drop-off day, okay, or pick-up day. Yep. And she would bring, <laughs> like, a bin of 15 different um, uh, pickups. And she would sit in, in, in her car uh, outside of Starbucks, and we would package them in little brown paper bags so you would have like five bag remember we only sold them five at a time so each bag had five cookies individually wrapped in marijuana bags yep and then we would would wrap them up staple them and put Mm -hmm. a little sticker on there and we would we would write that good good on each one of the uh so not only is it a paper bag but if somebody was close enough to read it it said that good good and it was cash at the time we weren't taking credit cards so we were getting a a twenty dollar bill in exchange for a brown bag, and sometimes it would be window to window. Yep. And said, and then it got even crazier during COVID. No, it had to be kind of contactless, right? So um, we would have to, we would like go outside, drop drop it off, make sure. And now outside of our place, people would drive up. They would give us a call, text us, DM us, because we had a window. It was like two o'clock to five o'clock. That's when you could pick them up. Um, and she, I mean, she just, uh, she did it. You know, I was at that time, um, uh, I was still in real estate. So I was showing houses. I was still considered a, um, an essential worker. Cause I yeah. had to do, you know, I had to give people, you know, get people mm-hmm. homes. So cash for cookies, man. I, uh, I appreciate that so much because, um, I had a similar story cause obviously my stuff comes <laughs> in a brown paper bag. Yeah. And, uh, and I've actually met people, um, I would meet people at a 7-Eleven, and there's one time I met someone at a 7-Eleven, and there was a cop there as I was handing the bag over, and the cop came over to me, and I had to explain to him that I was a t-shirt clothing brand, that it was a sandwich-themed. I literally, he, the person had to open their bag and show them that it was, it was actually a shirt, um, and this whole thing, because I, yeah. the guy was like, well, what's going on over here? Yeah. And I'm just so, that's why when I, when I heard that, I was like, I was like, I love the hustle, but I also brought me back to that because I was like, oh my gosh, I, I remember those days when I used to have to go that route and be like, oh, we're going to do it this way now. So yeah, it totally, uh, it made me, uh, it made me kind of chuckle there. So explain to me, cause we're currently right now in your speakeasy. So Explain to me how this kind of came about. Like, how did this opportunity come in the evolution of you guys um, as you obviously kept growing? Because you you grew, you know, not only did you grow with customers, you grew on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I, I saw that you had like a, another, you guys had like kind of like a, you have a headquarters mm-hmm. now um, where you're baking and everything like that. But tell me a little bit about how that kind of sweet speakeasy came, sure. came about idea. Yeah, you got it. So... Uh, going back to what you said about uh, like meeting people in the alleyways and stuff yeah. like that, um, we got a lot of feedback when people were going to the to parking lots. And then between those hours, we stopped going to the parking lots because we had enough of a demand. We actually gave people our physical address, yeah, um, like home address. Mm-hmm. So they would th- so between two and five, we would have a line of cars down you know down a street coming to our house, and we have those uh, Phillips Hue lights. Right, so the out, the outside like porch light I get the back light, 
we would turn purple. So we would just say, go to the purple light, that's our back door, and people would just drive up and we'd hand out. Our next door neighbor, you know, was getting really sketched yeah, out. Like, there's like, what, what's going on? Like, so I, I told Ashley, I'm like, listen, we need to like tell our neighbors these are cookies. So what we did is we started handing out cookies to our neighbors and say, just so you know, this is our company. If you ever want a cookie, just knock on our door. We'll hook you up. We'll give you a discount, but we're not doing anything weird and suspicious. Yeah, yeah exactly. So the feedback started coming back through Instagram. Oh, you know, they would do those live posts and the story posts. Oh, I just picked up, you know, the weirdest, like the cookies, they're the best cookies, but I picked them up at their back door and like in this random place in Winter Park. And it's so that feedback came back and I was like, this is like gold. Then Ashley told me about a story. She um, was a, a teacher over in Rome and she was there for a year. And uh, in her early 20s, 21, 22 years old. I mean, what do you do when you're away in Rome? Yeah. Early 20s. You're going to the clubs. Mm -hmm. So she would, um, and she had, of course, she had friends that were locally, um, that lived, grew up in Rome, and they knew all the little spots. And after you go clubbing, there was this one spot that every local knew about. And it was in this dark little alley with just a, you know, a few doors down it and it was a little light above a door and you knock on that door and this little old Italian Italian lady came out opened the door and you gave her a couple of bucks and she would come out with freshly baked croissants and it was a bakery that was getting ready at two or three o'clock in the morning for all of their wholesale orders for the rest of the day yeah so it wasn't even open to the public but they knew it was there and if you give them two three bucks they would give you two or three yeah, Christmas. So at two, three o'clock in the morning, you would just see all these young kids hanging out in this alley eating croissants. So she said, "Is if we ever, ever have like a retail store or we grow big enough, let's do us let's let's do that." You know, and that kind of goes into why, you know, we when you have the luxury of building your business, you don't have to follow what you think is the right way the right way is what feels right and how you want to create your life so if you take if you take this opportunity that you have to be an entrepreneur being an entrepreneur really isn't about reinventing a wheel it's not about being the newest the coolest the different the i mean there are all elements of that in there but a true entrepreneur makes it work for themselves mm -hmm. and gives and present something to the market that the market wants and is asking for. So if you're in tune and you see, if you put your, your your sensors out there and you and you really read what people are telling you, they're giving you the path. They're telling you what they want. They love picking up as weird as it was, you know, the 40 something year old, you know, soccer mom loved going to the back of a parking lot to pick up cookies. How cool and innocent of an experience is that, but also skirts the line of being dangerous and yeah. you know, um, you know, exciting. Yeah. So the thrill was something we wanted to tap into. So six months in our residential home, six months in a commissary kitchen, and then we've been here for a little over a year in the building that 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 we're in. And when we when I found the building, I called Ashley. Immediately, I say, I think the building that we want is for sale and we have to jump on it. She freaked out. I'm on the phone. She's like, oh, we're not ready for a bill. Why do you want to buy a building? And I said, Ash, you want to speak easy bakery? We can make this happen. And so that was on a Monday night. The, the day I hooked my, my, uh, my former employer, that Monday, I went driving around. I saw this place on LoopNet Tuesday morning. I called the realtor up. They said the uh, uh, the last offer fell through. I said, well, I want to see it. I saw it that afternoon, that Tuesday afternoon, and we gave her an offer letter on Wednesday. And so job ended Monday. Tuesday saw it. Wednesday offer letter. Wow. And uh, to put it lightly, Ashley was freaking out. Because <laughs> at that point, man, we had just uh, – we just come back from just a major upheaval in our lives. You know, we, we had moved from Jersey here. There was a, a job opportunity for me and that, that fell through. And then she was working two jobs. I was looking for a job. 
I went to this amazing company, but I had to start at the most yep, bottom, start. yeah, from the bottom level, you know. So that it kind of opens up like this whole new thing too. Is like, I got gut checked real quick, you know, in Jersey or in the tri-state area up north. There's a different sense of um, of entrepreneurship. If you tell somebody you got a hustle going on and that everybody has a pride up up there, is oh, I got a guy. Oh, you got, oh, you know, I got, I got somebody for you. I got, you should talk to this guy. You should talk to that guy. And it's, and it's something that I thought was everywhere. Yeah. So down here, you know, if you tell somebody you're looking for something or there's a, you know, I, you know, presenting your idea or yourself, everybody loves, is so friendly. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, listen, totally get it. That's awesome. Oh my God. Good luck with that. And that's it. And that's it. Nothing else. So um, I came from an incredible network of wonderful people, an incredible community. If I needed something, I got it done. Down here, completely different story. And so while I was struggling with that and working through this like entry level position, um, Ashley was, you know, stress baking <laughs> and, uh, and I'm glad she did, man. It was it was a turning point for us where we both got humbled really quickly, and um, we had a, a major choice in our life. We said, "All right, well, we've only been down here for six months. Yeah, we can go back. You know, our tails will be between our legs. Okay, that's fine. We tried it, but this was a time to try it. Yeah, and um, we both made a decision to." to stick it out. You know, we said we're be we're better than we're better than going back. And not that going back was a bad thing, but it, at least it gave us a bumper, right? It was like, okay, we know we don't want to do that. So we are willing to make the decision or the choice, I should say. We're willing to make the choice to stay here and make it happen. And once we had the constitution behind that choice, then we were able to say, okay, how are we going to make it happen? Yeah. And then the cookies came about and that's when we started going. So do you think, so one of the things that I, I will say, there's like certain elements of Orlando to me, there's like, there's certain aspects of Orlando where, and I've talked to other business owners saying that Orlando gives them an opportunity that maybe other locations or other possible cities do not. Um, in the sense that there's, there's definitely an open, if you have an idea for something, you can definitely make it happen. Correct, you probably won't find the, the advocates that'll have like, I know a guy. But for the most part, if you create a good product or something, the city will follow and will support, which is definitely a good thing. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one of the big things. Like I sometimes like, yes, I can do my clothing brand. Just like there's certain things like you can do your cookies pretty much anywhere because good cookies are good cookies. You know, it's kind of like the good product is a good product. Um, just like I can do my I can do my stuff from anywhere as well because I'm, I'm just selling sandwich shirts. So it's like I can pretty much go anywhere, any major city and kind of dominate or do well with it so um so yeah so i totally understand that aspect of it but it's it's interesting because you guys are you know for you guys it's all brand new still you know you guys have been here like two years then um yeah, you know yeah. so it's a it's definitely uh it's amazing to see you know one how the the community and the environment is like you know kind of showed uh showed the love for you guys um which i think is amazing you know because you know, we all love our, we definitely love our sweets. There's definitely a, a sweet intake here with um, quite a bit of different areas for you to be able to go. One thing that I definitely know that has helped you guys, um, you guys have amassed like 20,000 followers on Instagram. So I'm always kind of curious, like what is, what is your recipe for success on social? What do you think has been your, that's helped you guys on social to kind of grow or to kind of at least reach the masses and get the love? Sure, absolutely. <clears throat> Um, you touched on something uh, right before then as, as far as like the, the, the different markets, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the whole everybody knows the, the, the New York saying, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, right? Yep. Everything's saturated up north. So the only thing that's differentiating you with anybody else is your hustle, period. Yep. And stop. That's it. Down here, I looked at, you know, I looked at... I, um, I looked up the population of like Orlando proper, I would call it, right? It's yeah. 350, 380,000 people. It's 
that's like two towns in New Jersey, right? Mm -hmm. So the opportunity is here because there's not as much saturation. Correct. And that is amazing. And it's got a small town feel. Mm -hmm. You know, once you once you're here and you you go into what I call the boroughs, right? These like little districts, districts, districts that they call here. You start getting that that vibe and you're like, oh, okay, Orlando is not Disney. Correct. And that's cool. Yeah. Because there's like, you know, you Google Orlando. Thank God. It's like we're we're like protected by this veil of of Disney. Yes. And 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 getting underneath Disney is this beautiful, vibrant, culture-rich community that is so supportive that we had no idea about. And now that we're in it, you know, Ashley and I talk about it all the time. It's like, are we leaving? I don't, I don't see us leaving at yeah. all, man. This- no, and that's kind of you kind of build that uh, that Orla- Orlando pride, like just because of the fact that, like, I tell people, I'm like, there's way more to Orlando than Mickey and Harry. Like, there's way more. And so I do get upset when, like, people go, oh, well, you just have all the chains. I'm like, yeah, we got all the chains. But have you seen – that's because we're the most visited destination. But have you also seen all the local places? Like, it kills me when I hear people tell me – because, I mean, obviously, I'm a foodie at heart. So, like, when people say, oh, well, all we have is, like, Wawa or Publix for sandwiches. And I was like, have you been to the Milk District? Have you been here? Like, it's certain things like that where it bothers me because I'm like, uh, we – I go, I don't eat at any chain. I was like, there's no chain that I eat at. I'm like, I eat all local. I'm like, they're like, you just obviously, I'm like, where do you live? And they're like, oh, well, I live in the, I live in Lake Ivanhoe or in the Ivanhoe. And I'm like, really? I'm like, have you not walked outside your house? I'm like, there's places everywhere. Yeah. I'm like, that's the beauty of it. I was like, I'm like, so it just kind of, that's one of the things that I do. I mean, I appreciate when I go, when I go see other big cities like the Atlantas and the Seattles, obviously I love because it's like even bigger, but it's like a bigger version of what we're, what we are. But I do love the fact, like, that's one of the things that I do really appreciate. And that's one of the reasons why I even wanted to do this podcast was because I really want to showcase all these amazing small businesses and the fact that we, for the most part, are a pretty good community where we all support one another and help one another. So I, that's kind of one of the big things. So where do you think, you know, and I know I asked a question about the, the Instagram aspect. So where do you, like, what's your thought process on, like, where, like, what's the recipe? Where do, what's What's helped you guys? That you guys have seen, like, hey, these are the things that have helped us. Right. Um, so you said it. The baseline has to be there. You have to be passionate about whatever you're doing. Period. Because it because it shows. Um, as fake as social media can be, it also can be the biggest magnifier of authenticity and consistency. And so, what we what we did is we we we. When Ashley and I were talking about this whole venture, and it really wasn't it wasn't a business venture. Yeah. It was um, it was more of what what how do we want people to be let into our lives? You know, what is the window? Are you gonna are you gonna be looking, you know, through the back door? Are you gonna be looking through the front door? Are you gonna be sneaking through the basement? Are you going to be already like tele, you know, teleported into the living room? So where, where, where is the perspective? What, how do we want people to be invited into our lives? Yeah. And um, and fuck it, let's just be real. It's just like straight up be real. We're a small batch company that is slinging cookies from their apartment. Yeah. Period. Taste our cookies if you like them. Reorder. Tell your friends. That's it. And then we had to be consistent, right? So I do have, um, you know, a gift and affinity for production, you know, composition. So I, my mom is an incredible influence in my life, and she is uh, an artist. I, I don't remember a time when I didn't have a pencil in my hand drawing. I don't remember a time when my mom didn't say stop and take a closer look. So the appreciation of the small things really for me is what, um, what I think catapulted a lot of our social media. Yeah. Um, it was the process of the ingredients. It was the details of the chocolate. It was, you know, Ashley, you know, being completely disheveled and full of powder, you know, you know, uh, uh, flour. Um, so those things, and we, we would talk about that. And I got to tell you, it's not it's you know what uh, you know i would say that i'm definitely the, the the what you would call the creative director of the instagram right yeah but actually puts out an incredible product mm-hmm. and on top of it she is 
an incredible human being, hilarious as can be, and she's hot. So, I mean, it's just, I'm just, you know, I'm like, holy shit, Ash, we've got it all. And, you know, I was like, you're a good looking, hilarious baker that is ripped to shreds because you do, you know, CrossFit six, seven days a week. Yeah. And I can capture all of it. Yeah. So she writes a lot of the captions because that's her voice. That's actually how she speaks and talks. And when yeah. you know her friends will tell you, that's, that's Ashley. Ashley. That's Ashley. You know, whenever <laughs> you read a caption that's a little bit more, uh, you know, this is our process. This is our life. And be that's appreciative. You. And like, it, that's me. When you hear like... What up, peeps? Like, you know, this whole... That's her 100%. That's the Jersey sass. That's the Jersey sass. Yeah. And we just put a magnifying glass on it, you know? So uh, consistent. So to break it down, you know, social media for us was consistency and being completely genuine. So Authenticity. That's yeah. it. That was it. You know, if, if, we've, if we've, you know, fucked up a cookie... I put it on the story. Yeah. If we made something beautiful, we posted it up on a, you know, we made it uh, something that, that lives on there. Um, and we made sure that we were posting twice a day, that whole deal. We were tagging, all that good stuff. So all of that being consistent, we just, um, yeah, we just did it. And then, you know, as soon as the uh, the stories came up and we could repost other people's experiences, that was huge. Yep. We commented, we recommented or replied, I should say, to every single comment. So it's a two-person job. Yep. I take care of the com like re re uh, reacting to all of the comments. I do all of the story. I do all of the the pictures and the videos, and then she comes up with the content underneath it. She also takes care of ninety five percent of the DMs. So that's kind of like her her thing. So she'll respond to all the DMs. I respond to all the comments. Um, she gives me the content for the pictures and then I repost and do all of the stories. So, uh, you know, it, and it's a, it's a full-time job. So I'm kind of curious cause I know, I know obviously it's not just the two of you, you have other bakers on your team now. Um, I'm always kind of curious cause I've talked to other cookie or baking companies does, is your, is your recipe, is your, is the recipe for like your other bakers, do they know the recipe or is it like, you know what I mean? Like, is it one of those proprietary information or do members of your team actually know what it is? Cause I've heard a variety. It's always interesting kind of like how, like the, I guess the cookie secrets type of thing, like recipe secrets. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of curious about that. Uh, great question. So we have a, a um, a non-disclosure agreement with everybody who works for us. Beautiful. Period. We, we, I start with that. Yeah. Like, Hey, listen, love you. Think you're going to be incredible for our team. Just want to let you know, I need to protect my business. Yep. Or, protect my cookie. You know, our, our business, but we're also protecting your future yep. because if you're going to grow with us, the last thing I want you to experience is somebody else coming, you know, opening up next door that worked for us that now is taking our shit. And then you're going to be pissed off. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to say, well, why didn't you protect me, yeah. Israel and Ashley? And so once that's, and it's complete uh, disclosure, yeah. we love you. We think you're going to work out, but this is the only thing that we ask. I'm always curious about that. Cause it's always tough. Cause like it's easy in the beginning when it's your, when it's like, especially with all the different versions of cookies and everything like that. So I'm always kind of curious on how people kind of handle that. Um, the other thing I was curious about, and obviously this would be more Ashley, but I figure you're home and you probably know some things from there is, um, like I was going to ask, like, what are some at home? Do you have any idea of, or any at home baking, um, like cooking tips or tips that she's kind of learned? Cause like, um, without going into the recipes, I would say just keep, keep a few things in mind. Um, one, write down every iteration of the recipe down, write every one of them down. If you have a recipe, don't go in there with an eraser and erase it and re write it, rewrite it. You have your recipe one, recipe 1.1, 1 .1, 1.2, 1.3, and you see the evolution so you can go back. So you and then have, you can make your notes and stuff like that on the bottom. Like, absolutely. oh, this is what I, this is what I needed. Maybe need a little bit more of this. So that way when you do the next yes. one. So that was, okay. that was a big mistake in the beginning. Um, she was, uh, she was changing the recipe on the same paper. Uh, and so that we didn't learn because you forget what, how you started. Yeah. So that's yeah. number one. Um, and I, I will say that n you know, the recipe component to it, our recipe won't work for everybody. We have, you know, it, it all depends. 
you know, do you want a fat cookie? Do you want a, a crispy cookie? Do you want a soft cookie? Do you want, a, you know, um, do you want it to, uh, do you want, you know, the, the, the texture? Do you want, do you want a little bit more airy? Do you want it more doughy? Do you want, so all of those components, re you really have to kind of figure that out. And then that's not, that's that, that's like the beginning of it. Then it's like, all right, well then we're going to start talking. So those are the ingredients. Now we're going to talk about baking time, standing time, cooling time. When do you add, and then it's like, all right, when do you add your mix-ins? Do you add your mix-ins in the beginning or afterwards? So the whole, that's why, you know, we're not as scared, uh, you know, to, to talk about recipes as because the yeah. process is so different. But as far as like specifics, whether or not to, you know, use more brown sugar or, or granulated no, sugar, or things like that. I think you answered the good one that I wanted because, and, I, and I'm just kind of curious just to let people know. So if they did never had a fat ash cookie, how would you describe your cookie? Would you consider it? And, and I know the answer, but I'm kind of just so you can describe it. How would you describe the texture of your cookie? Is it doughy? Is it crisp? Um, is it chewy? Give a little description so that way, well, obviously, in their minds, if they don't know, they can when they go on the Instagram, they'll be able to see it. But tell people a little bit about what that what that texture is. Fast and soft. I mean, fat and soft. You know, they're soft cookies, um, and they stay long. You know, they 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 don't dry out. You know, a lot of cookies that are crispier can can get stale, tasting. And ours, um, because of the packaging, um, and because of the, like the components in it. We don't really use like uh, we don't use shortening or anything like that, but um, you know, it, they stay chewy. And if you pop them in the microwave for ten so, seconds, and that was one of the big things. That was one of the big things I saw. Like that, I love is that you, I think you like them cold, mm -hmm. and she likes them warm. Oh, yeah. So like the rest of so on the bags, it actually has like what you recommend, like what the recommended way of doing it. You can put it in the oven so you get a soft baked cookie, yeah. um, which I absolutely love because. Yeah, who doesn't love a soft baked cookie, especially when it's soft and gooey? So it's, I definitely get that. Um, the other thing, and I think I kind of got an answer, but I'm going to ask it anyhow. So the one of the reasons why I was curious and I asked that question was because, so my daughter's a baker. My daughter bakes pies, okay? And she has like a fear that if she starts going full in, that she's going to lose the love of baking. Yeah. And so, because then it becomes a monotonous thing. And one of the things that, and so I was kind of curious on how you battle that, but I think I know the answer based on based on all the different components and recipes that you guys have. But I, that was one of my big things is like, you know, how do you keep that love of baking? Because like Ashley, and, and it's a perfect example, like for, even for Ashley, because like she's, you guys are constantly making cookies. Um, obviously, after a certain amount of time, like how do you keep that love where it's no, because now it's business, uh, you know, a, a love that started from a, biz, a business that started out of love. Now, how do you keep that consistency? Sure. Um, so one of them is to not keep it consistent, right? To change it up as many times as possible. So um, in the beginning when we only had, and I say only in quotes, right? Um, only had 20 flavors, um, you know, we would change it up. We would say, all right, well, we're going to come out with brownies this week. And, you know, so we, we did that. And then the other, the other part of it is too, is that we weren't just selling cookies online. We started tapping into the local market. So then we started doing pop-ups and then we started doing fun things. So the interaction kind of um, reinvigorates what you do at home. Because mm -hmm. no matter what, when you're gonna when you're committed to greatness, there's gonna be some monotony that goes along with it that you wanna quit because who who the heck wants to roll a thousand cookies today or and and then tomorrow and, yeah. and then the next day. But those, if you if you kind of program these interactions with people throughout the week, you start realizing that that is where it's all at. Like that, that for me is wonderful. So that breaks up the monotony of it. Um, and then you know, I you know, I I'm pretty confident that Ashley would say just coming up with the different recipes, just yeah. reinventing what, what you already have, have. Um, and, and then and then, and then making, making that, that part of your brand. brand. Because who, who wants, wants to make, make an apple pie? pie? you know, a hundred times per week, the same one. If you do get somebody to make it for you yeah. at that point, and then you start making different things, specialty orders, mm -hmm. and then you start going into the, to the wedding market and the, um, you know, the, the, the parties, the birthdays and things mm -hmm. like that, where you can create something special, yeah. you know, and you, you can have fun with that. So, um, so I think we bake that in to our culture. So, you know, the people that work with us, they know they can come 
and they can say, hey, listen, do you think about this type of cookie, these flavor combinations, that keeps it interesting. Yeah, and I think that's it's that's kind of one of the big things I think is when you're able to kind of find that blend because there's nothing, especially when you're a creative person that loves all that stuff, when you're stuck in the monotony of the day-to-day, um, you lose that some of that aspect of being able to do it. So if you have some flexibility to be able to kind of offset it, I think that always helps. Well, like, like we were talking about before, being an entrepreneur is building the business that excites you. So if you're bored making one type of a thing all the time, make your brand about exploring that other piece of it. You don't just because you know that you can sell a hundred pies, apple pies, doesn't mean that and, and let's say a hundred apple pies, that's your that's your base level. Yeah. That's your launch pad. That doesn't mean that you can't do a blueberry pie for another fifty, and then a peach pie for another twenty-five, and then a you know a mixed berry for another hundred, and then yeah. throughout that process, guaranteed you're going to tap into another sales channel, and another person, another market that says, oh, you know what, I love your I love your uh, your fruit pies, but now I want I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like a, a cream pie. A or, snicker pie. Yeah, Who yeah. knows what the heck yep. it is, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I get it. What um with that said, what you know, and you've given some great tidbits, what advice would you give someone for starting for starting something? Um, be patient. Um, but don't be satisfied. Yeah, completely. Like just don't be satisfied with what you got. You know. Uh there's oh it there's always room to grow. So um it it doesn't uh it doesn't. It doesn't happen overnight. And I got. And I also got to tell you, you have to have somebody to speak to. You got to have. You've got. Is it a best friend? Is it your partner? Is it you've. In the business world, you have to find like-minded people, that, understand the grind, because. We're social human beings. Whether you do like to be completely isolated from society or not. You need to figure out that that back and forth dialogue so you can figure it out. Because at the end of the day, if you're selling something, you're not alone. There's a dialogue that needs to happen between that. And you need that feedback, that constant feedback. People tell us all the time. They get we welcome feedback. We want to know if it's good, if it's bad, if it's soft, if it's not, if it's if it's whatever it is. We want that feedback. And um, I think the uh the hardest and the biggest component in in entrepreneurship and leadership is detachment. You have to find a way to be detached from your product because the love sparks it to grow, but you need to be detached enough to receive the feedback and adjust. And that, I think, is is where a lot of people really, their heart hurts. Somebody gives them a little bit of feedback. It's, some, it's their baby. You just insulted my my little baby. Mm-hmm. You don't know what I just, you know. Sp- my, actually, we were on our last dime. And we were trying to figure out whether we wanted to buy, uh, take out pizza or buy some, uh, buy some more flour to make another experimental batch. That's where we were. And people were like, we love your product, but are you, are you okay to do this? And at that point, when we were still, we were on our last dollar, we were still giving away a dollar for every chocolate chip cookie. I don't know how many people in my family and outside of my family, they're like, what are you doing that for? You need that income to buy the next thing or whatever. I said, no, that's part of what we believe. This is, if we're able at the end of the day, have enough to eat, pay our rent, and then give back to a charity that we think is important. What more? What more is there for us? Yeah. For that's what, that's what that's for us. So you know, I think you have to be patient. Like I said, you have to um, not be satisfied, and you have to be able to detach. There's a detachment component to it that you that you that you need to have so you can work on your business and not be controlled by your business. I also think sometimes when you're when you're so if if you become detached or at least can step away and see your brand, you're not. I tell a lot of people, it's amazing when you start talking to someone about their business and you're like, hey, what about this? And then they're like, oh, I never thought of it. And it's because we're so close to it because we're so deep, we're in it. 
So when you're in it so deep, you, it's kind of hard for you to be able to actually experience or see something outside of yourself. So sometimes it is great to be able to find people like that because to find other like-minded people that can actually give you some receptive feedback because a lot of times you also get a lot of the yes people like, oh, it's great. You guys are great. You guys are wonderful. And you're like, well, that's great, but I, I want to keep growing and I need I need some I need some other feedback or at least another way of telling me like, hey, what about this? Like someone helping me go along the journey as well sometimes. So I totally uh, I totally get that. Um, I know you guys love. Well, first, before I ask my, my next one, before we finish up, um, tell people a little bit about that concept. I know you guys um, with the chocolate chip cookies, because obviously you guys do that. Do you how do you select the charity that goes in it? I believe it's every quarter, every every month. Every month. So every month you go to a different charity that goes and gets the gets the money for or gets a charitable donation from you guys, from all your OG, from like a, your chocolate chip cookies. Um, so uh, I guess to start off with, we, we, we wanted to figure out a way to, to give back. Chocolate chip cookies could be the one consistent flavor on our menu all the time. So kind of like working back into that. So we have one cookie, consistency. All right. Awesome. Everybody knows that's going to be our donation cookie. We figured a dollar. We did our whole cost analysis. All right. We said it's a, it's a round number. It's easy, and we can absorb it for you know for our costs. And it'll be something that's kind of like a, a loss leader, where it's like, all right, cool. You know what? It's all right. We have another, other flavors that we can rock on. Um, we we choose charities that touch our heart. Um, political, not political. We don't really care. Again because we started our Instagram and our our business based on authenticity, people know exactly who we are. Yeah. We, we're, we're completely, um, um, what do you call it, uh, inclusive, uh, but we also don't really give a crap about what you think about us as human, because we, our moral compass is rock solid. You can't tell me I'm a bad person. You can't tell Ashley that she's a bad person. Yeah. It's just, we try to do as much good in every interaction as possible and if we mess up we own up to it and we keep it moving yeah. so that being a like as a as a foundation we just we just find things that are current that speak to us um and then we back everything up with um you know so there's there, there's some exceptions there but we go onto a website i forgot what website it is but we go onto the website and we check out their charity it needs to be a 501c3 it needs to it needs to be like a 95 percentile above so you know that that dollar per cookie is going is being activated the way it should be activated yeah. right so we do do our back you know our, our homework and and check that stuff out um and we do it monthly because why not if we can do it once a month man that's pretty awesome hey it gives 12 different opportunities to 12 different charities exactly. which is which is a beautiful thing um so i know that you guys love ice cream <laughs> so i want to know if you were to make because and i know obviously we were um we we did an event recently and you actually had two cookies with ice cream and did like a fat ash ice cream sandwich yeah. but what i want to know is what would be the two cookies? Because obviously I'm one of those where I'm like, if I'm doing this, I'm not using the same two cookies. I'm using two different cookies. And what would be your two cookie flavors that you would do? And what ice cream flavor would it be to make your ice cream cookie sandwich? Like what would be the Izzy fat ash um, ice cream sandwich? Wow. Great question. Okay. Um, it, would be it would be vanilla um, ice cream. It'd be our honey girl on top. Okay. Okay. So the honey girl is uh, honey roasted pecans with Malden salt, uh, chocolate chips, and a um, and a cinnamon dough. Okay. Uh, so just that, like, oh man, yes, that absolutely with a little with a little vanilla layer. Yeah. And the bottom, I would say our our classic fat chocolate chip cookie. Okay. Um, just because it's a, it's the one cookie that no matter what. I can eat at any time. Yeah. So that I think is a good base. And then that extra bit on top with that crunch of malt on mm -hmm. salt on top. Oh my goodness. With the little honey dripping on top of it. I love it. I love it. So how can people um, tell people how they can find you, follow you, order online. Uh, and most of all, obviously grab some of your cookies. Cool. All right. So locally, um, 
you can come to our Speakeasy Bakery on Fridays between 2 and 7. So um, uh, you go to the back alley of Mills. It's 912 North Mills Avenue. You have a grilled cheeses company in the front and in the back alley there's a little black fence you ring the doorbell and we open the gate and we sling cookies out of there on Fridays so that's for our local cats and then you can go online uh, to fatashbakes.com on Saturdays at 11 o'clock we'll open up the website and then we do our cookie drop then you can uh, ship all of our cookies throughout the country um, and we actually go international now as well which is pretty cool and then um you know, we also have a few different uh, wholesalers in the area um, that you can get our cookies throughout the week. So we have um, grilled cheeses. Um, they have three locations. We have um, Propagate Social House over in Apopka. We have Create Coffee over here in uh, downtown uh, Orlando. And then we have Vesper over in, um, in Waterford. Waterford Lakes. Yep, yeah. Waterford Lakes. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much. I uh, Izzy, thank you, thank you again. I really appreciate you taking the time to to come chat with me and, and talk and talk about some fat ash cookies. So I uh, I definitely appreciate it. Um, that's our show for today. Thank you so much to Izzy from Fat Ash Bakes. Um, Ashley, we missed you, but we'll we'll be talking soon um, for being on and having lunch with me. Definitely make sure to check them out. If you've had their cookie, I definitely want to see a selfie. I want to see the hashtag that good good. I want to see some of that love. Um, you know and. I Obviously, if you enjoyed the show, definitely make sure to subscribe, tell your friends. Um, obviously, I want you to share it, you know, help spread it, spread it, like spread the good news. Um, if you want to support me, check out my brand, Deli Fresh Threads, and do some shopping and tell your friends there as well. Obviously, I always love a good sandwich selfie. Um, thank you. Until next time, keep eating sandwiches and follow your passion. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.